Peace be upon you. So typically I try to avoid discussing topical issues, so items in the news and whatnot, but today I, I couldn't resist. There's been a couple uh, notoriety issues that I've just been wanting to discuss and figured it's a good opportunity to kind of tie them all together. And this has to do originally with an event that took place the other week in Norway, where these uh, group of people decided that they're going to do a Quran burning. And, you know, we've seen so many of these. But in this particular incident, uh, while the person is burning the Quran, a Muslim bystander who's you know, spectating, he jumps over the barrier and he does this like high kick uh, at this guy. And the video is quite comical. Uh, it's quite funny. I'm not going to lie. But um, the question is, what is our responsibility in regards to these kinds of demonstrations? You know, specifically, what is the conduct we're supposed to behave? Are we allowed to resort to violence to high kick someone uh, because they want to burn the Quran? In Surah 6 verse 68, it reads, If you see those who mock our revelations, you shall avoid them until they delve into another subject. If the devil causes you to forget, then as soon as you remember, do not sit with such evil people. The righteous are not responsible for the utterances of those people, but it may help to remind them perhaps they may be saved. So from this verse, we see that our responsibility is to avoid these people, not to sit with them. And that we remind them that perhaps the reminder benefits them. You know, we don't see any incident where we're allowed to resort to violence or aggression because of someone exercising their freedom of speech, irrespective of how repulsed we might be by such speech. So our response to someone who's acting as idiotic as burning a Quran is to just not be around them, to avoid them, to ignore them. Uh, they're not hurting anyone. They're hurting a piece of paper with ink on it. You know, the Quran is not limited to ink and paper. This is something that it, it uh, tethers on uh, paganism. When we give value to ink and paper, it's the meaning of the Quran that's valuable. And you'll see so many Muslims, they put such high regard on this ink and paper. They'll kiss it, they'll walk underneath it, they'll have it in ceremonies, do all these things, put it on the highest shelf of their house. But the one thing they don't do is they actually read it, understand it, and apply it. That is the most important part. God cites the example of a donkey carrying great works of literature. This is what it means to have the Quran and not to put it in practice. So it's great that individuals have such reverence for God's words. But that is completely fruitless unless their actions correspond with what God is actually commanding them in his book. And someone can go and burn all the ink and paper they want as some symbolism, and it's going to be on their own souls. All they're doing is causing destruction to themselves. Uh, as long as they're not fighting and oppressing individuals, then let them be. So what? They want to do that? By all means, go ahead. It's their own souls that they're going to be hurting. In Surah 5, verse 57, it says, O you who believe, do not befriend those among the recipients of the previous scripture who mock and ridicule your religion, nor shall you befriend the disbelievers. You shall reverence God if you are really believers. You know, you have individuals and they're idiots, but they, you know, create these depictions of the prophet or stuff like that. Again, the only people they're hurting are their, their own souls. You know, all God is telling us is don't befriend these people. Don't uh, uh, be around them. Avoid them when they conduct such behavior. You know, there's nothing that says that this is justification for us to go and fight and attack and, uh, you know, cause harm to someone else for them exercising their freedom of speech. If they want to say something that's offensive, by all means, that's their right. It doesn't affect us as long as they're not inciting violence, as long as they're not actively fighting us physically, then so what? It's their own souls that they're hurting. 
You think of what's worse than that is people who commit idol worship, who are setting up uh, idols next to God. And that's their right. They have every right to do that. In Surah 109, it's entitled, the disbeliever says, In the name of God, most gracious, most merciful, say, O you disbelievers, I do not worship what you worship, nor do you worship what I worship, nor will I ever worship what you worship, nor will you ever worship what I worship. To you is your religion and to me is my religion. This is the epitome of a live and let live. You know, people should be free to do whatever they want as long as they're not harming and physically hurting other people. You know, we each have individual property rights. If someone wants to purchase a Quran and burn it, that's their prerogative. Let them do it. So what? You know, obviously, I think that's a dumb act. I think that they're basically going to be held accountable on the day of judgment. But there's nothing that allows me to attack someone over doing such things. That's on their own souls. In, in 87, 9 for, uh, through 11, it says, Therefore, you shall remind, perhaps the reminder will benefit. The reverent will take heed. The wicked will avoid it. You know, we want to go and stand up for justice. I totally understand. But the aspect is there's things can only be done within the scope of the limits that God set. And God did not allow us to conduct violence, to attack someone for doing, you know, uh, what is idiotic uh, freedom of speech. That's on themselves. In 4140, it reads, he has instructed you in the scripture. If you hear God's revelations being mocked and ridiculed, you shall not sit with them unless they delve into another subject. Otherwise, you will be as guilty as they are. God will gather the hypocrites and the disbelievers together in hell. There's no punishment that can be doled out for people in this world that is going to be anything comparable to what they would experience in the hereafter. When they have to stand before their creator and say, you know, this message that contains your words, that is our guidance of salvation. You know what I did with this? I burned this book. How is it going to be for them on the day of judgment? You know, by giving these people attention, by sitting around and watching them conduct this act, by merely protesting against them and shedding light on what it is they're doing, we're actually breaking the commandment of God that God is saying, do not sit with these people. You shall avoid them. Do not be around them when they conduct such behavior. You know, God tells us specifically who are the ones that we are supposed to be harsh against. In Surah 60, verse 8 and 9, it says, God does not enjoin you from befriending those who do not fight you because of religion and do not evict you from your homes. You may befriend them and be equitable towards them. God loves the equitable. God enjoins you only from befriending those who fight you because of religion, evict you from your homes, and band together to, uh, to banish you. You shall not befriend them. Those who befriend them are the transgressors. God is repeatedly telling us these individuals who carry out such acts, you know, we're not supposed to befriend them. That's as far as it goes. If they physically attack us, that's a completely different scenario. But if they're, again, exercising their freedom of speech, their viewpoints, all they're doing is building up a record against themselves on the day of judgment. God tells us in such strong language that there shall be no compulsion in religion. And 2256 says there shall be no compulsion of religion. The right way is now distinct from the wrong way. Anyone who denounces the devil and believes in God has grasped the strongest bond. One that never breaks. God is here omniscient. And there are clear times when we are allowed to fight. And that only has to do when we are oppressed and we are being aggressed upon and we have no way of exiting that scenario. The first thing we're supposed to do is if we're in an oppressive situation is to get up and move. If you're in a place that's being, you're being oppressed because of your religion, because you want to worship God alone, because you want to follow the Quran, because you want to do your Salat, God is commanding us that it's our duty to get up and move. 
If we live in a place that's oppressing us because of our religion, because we worship God alone, God is commanding us to get up and move. That's exactly what the prophet did when he was in Mecca. After 13 years of being in Mecca and being oppressed, and once his life was in jeopardy, what did he do? He got up and moved. He went to Medina. In Surah 4 verse 97, it says, Those whose lives are terminated by the angels, while in a state of wronging their souls, the angels will ask them, What was the matter with you? They will say, We were oppressed on earth. They said, Was God's earth not spacious enough for you to emigrate therein? For these the final abode is hell and a miserable destiny. This is not an excuse to say, oh, I was oppressed, I couldn't do anything. Unless we are weak, we lack the funds, we are incapable of moving, we have no excuse. If the opportunity is there, we live in a place where they're being oppressive, where they're not allowing us to worship God alone, to worship God freely, and we have the opportunity, it's our duty to get up and move. But there are clearer times when we are allowed to fight, and this is the last resort. You know, some people, they get bent out of shape because the Quran talks about the rules of war and when is it lawful to take a life. But this is the reality. This book is designed for the entire world and it's going to contain guidance for these moral decisions. And one of the realities is that in uh, life, there's going to be war. There's going to be in times when nations have to go to war and you want to make sure that the war is done in a manner that is going to sit well with our souls. So God tells us the rules of war in Surah 2, verse 190 through 193. It says, You may fight in the cause of God against those who attack you, but do not aggress. God does not love the aggressors. This verse alone is a lot telling us that we're allowed to fight those who attack us. Again, this is a physical attack. And that we are not allowed to aggress. We are never allowed to be the aggressor in a situation. And it continues in 2.191, it says, You may kill those who wage war against you, and you may evict them once they evicted you. Oppression is worse than murder. So God is, again, reiterating that it's if they're trying to kill us, if they're uh, waging war against us, we are allowed to defend ourselves. If they attempt to evict us, we can retaliate in the same manner. And God is telling us that oppression is worse than murder. A society that oppresses its people it's worse than a society that commits mass genocide. Think about that. You know, someone's life whose all liberties have been stripped away, who cannot live freely, this is worse than being murdered. And it continues. It says, Do not fight them at the sacred mosque, the masjid, unless they attack you there. And if they attack you, you may kill them. This is the just retribution for those disbelievers. And again, people, they get upset. They said, how dare the Quran talk about killing? But this is a, a reality in life is that there's going to be times when you're going to be at war and you're going to have to take a life. And if that's the situation, God is telling us what is our conduct going to be? That A, we're never allowed to be the aggressor. We can only defend ourselves. And if someone is attempting to kill us, we are allowed to retaliate in the same measure. In 2192, it continues. It says, if they refrain, God is forgiver, most merciful. And 2193 says, you may also fight them to eliminate oppression and to worship God freely. If they refrain, you shall not aggress. Aggression is permitted only against the aggressors. So the only time that we are allowed to fight is in that of self-defense. And this has to do with physical attacks. Not someone is saying something that's offensive. 
There is no justification for us to attack someone because they say something that's offensive. It's only when they take away our individual liberties. And this goes for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Zoroastrian, atheist, whatever. If someone is oppressing you because of your belief, God is giving you authority to be able to stand up for your rights. So what was the response from Muslim nations after seeing this, you know, Quran burning? And this happens all the time. There's always some other demonstration, some crazy person's burning a Quran. And rather than just ignoring this person as just that, someone who's hurting their own soul, someone who's crazy, what they do is the Muslim population, they shed a spotlight on these individuals. And this guy who jumped over the barricade and kicked the guy and grabbed the burning Quran, you know, maybe his heart was in the right place. But the reality is we shouldn't care if someone wants to do that. They're only hurting their own souls by doing so. By being there and demonstrating, we're actually doing the opposite of what God is commanding us. That we shouldn't be around these people. We shouldn't sit amongst them. We shouldn't give them light because that's ultimately what they want. They want to become the center of the media attention. And when people demonstrate, that's all they're getting. You're actually playing into their hands. So what I found particularly interesting was the Muslim response to this uh, Quran burning after the fact. So this is coming from uh, Pakistan. This is from a news article. It says, Pakistan's foreign ministry says that it has summoned Norway's ambassador to convey the deep concern of the government and the Pakistani people over the recent burning of Islam's holy book by a Norwegian man that was caught on video. And it says, in Saturday's statement, the ministry said, such actions hurt the sentiments of 1.3 billion Muslims around the world. The statement demanded action against the person in the city who desecrated the Quran at an anti-Islam rally last week. So it sounds like the Pakistani government is really up in arms about this atrocity of the burning of the Quran. And they demand justice. But the funny thing is, what is the Quranic punishment for someone exercising the freedom of speech? The reality is there is no punishment. We are entitled to the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion. What Pakistan wants to employ is something that goes against the very book that they're trying to preserve. Now, the other hypocrisy of all this is the fact that what is Pakistan doing to their own people? You know, they, they are so up in arms about someone exercising their freedom of speech. And yeah, they're doing something blasphemous, but it's on their own souls. What are Pakistani government doing for their own people? Because funny enough, last week, which is a very sad event, it was discovered that 629 Pakistani girls were sold as brides to China. This is the most accurate figure yet of the number of women caught up in trafficking since 2018. 629 girls against their will were sold off as brides to men in China in 2018 alone in Pakistan. Where is the outrage about that? Why aren't they doing something about that? This is hurting an actual person, not ink and paper. But you see silence on the side of the Pakistani government because they're a bunch of hypocrites. Now, what's really sad is the fact is why is it that they're selling their own uh, children, their own girls to become brides to Chinese men? So China employed this one child policy. And because in China, they believe that the bride needs to leave her family and tend to the husband's family children men become a uh, policy for retirement for chinese families to the point that they have to outlaw uh doing ultrasounds because the number of deaths that are caused to innocent girls in the womb is astronomical to the point that some provinces the ratio of men to women is about 1.4 men for every one woman so now you have a huge chunk 
of a population, a generation, that has an abundance of men and not nearly enough women. And God is going to hold these people accountable. On the day of judgment, it says in the Quran that the woman, the girl, who was buried alive, is going to ask for what crime was she, was she killed for? These people that are committing this mass genocide of these poor girls because they don't serve them in their old age is an atrocity. These individuals will be held accountable. God confirms this. So what is the response of Pakistan towards China? China, who has some of the worst human rights abuses in the world, who completely have uh, decimated the Muslim population, who don't believe in actual freedom of religion outside of the state uh, communist-approved uh, uh, religions. Is Pakistan speaking out against them? No. Pakistan is embracing China wholeheartedly. Now, they're willing to speak out against one individual who's burning a Quran, but not willing to speak out against a nation who doesn't allow the Quran in their own country, a country of 1.3 or 1.4 billion people. Now, it gets even worse as far as the, the human right abuses in China. There is a population, a Muslim population in China. Uh, if Most people, they pronounce it Uyghur. It's actually pronounced Uyghur, according to one of my Russian friends. So this Uyghur population, there are millions of them. And China has done a massive campaign to set them in what they call re-education through labor camps. And these people are being stripped away from their freedom of religion, being able to pray, being able to worship, being able to eat only foods that they deem halal. They're being forced to basically stop praying. They're being forced to eat haram foods. They're being forced to be separated from their own children. And you're talking about populations, as they, uh, they estimate as many as a million Uyghur uh, families have gone through this atrocity. And it's even worse than that. For over a decade, China has been on watch for what is called organ harvesting of political dissidents, where they use the organs of people that are politically dissident from the Communist Party, and they kill them and take their organs and sell those to uh, the organ trade market. And this was first discovered in 2006, when an Israeli doctor had a patient who needed uh, a uh, organ transplant, I can't remember if it was a heart or lungs, and he said, oh, I'm getting it scheduled in China. And he says, how are you possibly getting a uh, organ transplant scheduled in advance? These typically have to be done within, you know, 48 hours of the, uh, the, the, the person losing their life. And what he discovered once he investigated was that they were killing political dissidents who were a match to the organs needed to match the patient's schedule. What a disgusting act. And this was first discovered in 2006. And it wasn't towards the, the Uyghur uh, population, it was towards uh, the Falong Gong. This is a religious group in the tens of millions in China. And some doctors, they were realizing that these political dissidents, their organs were being used for uh, organ transplants. And uh, investigations took place, and the biggest giveaway was the number of transplants that China was conducting versus the number of donors was off by orders of magnitude. Meaning like you had 100 donors who donated, said, yeah, I'll donate my organs. And, um, but the numbers that they were doing was like in the tens of thousands of transplants. Uh, to put in perspective, in 2018 alone, they did about 90,000 organ transplants. And how difficult is it to get an organ transplant? Because you think it's not just the fact that you have the heart, you have the lungs, you have the liver, you have the kidneys. These have to be a match towards the recipient. Meaning what they were doing is taking these millions of people, 
they were sending them through a lot of screenings and testings and blood work to see if they were a match. And once they discovered a match, someone who's willing to pay for it, they would take the life of that person and take out their organs to give it to the uh, uh, the buyer. And people should be up in arms at this. And now it's basically theorized that they're doing this to the Uyghur population. That they're taking people, not only are they depriving them of their freedom of religion, not only are they depriving them of their children and their families, they're actually killing them and harvesting their organs for money. This is something you would think that this is worse than genocide. You know, these individuals, they're sent into in these indoctrination camps where they're supposed to renounce their religion. They're supposed to be forbidden from reading the Quran, from doing their Salat. What terrible, horrendous people these are. And the Pakistani government, are they speaking out about this? Is any Muslim country speaking out about this? It's disgusting. Now, in July of 2019, 22 countries got together to sign a letter, uh, in essence, condemning the actions that the Chinese government, the Communist Party, is taking against the Uyghur population. Now, it's estimated that the uh, Chinese government has put as many as 4 million people from this uh, the Uyghur population into re-education camps. You can actually go online and watch these videos where they have entire schools of thousands of kids uh, living in these camps away from their parents to be re-educated about the principles of the Communist Party. Now, if you look at this list of these 22 countries, what do you realize? So the first one in alphabetical order is Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, Denmark, Estonia, Finland, France, Germany, Iceland, Ireland, Japan, Latvia, Lithuania, Luxembourg, Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, and the UK. 22 countries. Do you notice a single Islamic country on this list? It does not exist. The only ones who are speaking out are Western countries. Now, you would say, okay, well, maybe these ones, they're not as uh, politically tied or economically tied. That's not true. Australia, who signed this, um, this letter condemning the act of the, uh, the Chinese uh, government, their number one trading partner by far is China. China valued at $183 billion or 24% of total trade of Australia is dependent on China. And they put their necks out signing this letter. Did a single Islamic country sign this letter? Now you say, okay, well, the United States didn't sign this letter. The United States actually, they're not part of this, uh, this coalition. They signed their own, uh, Senate passed a bill condemning the act of the Chinese government against the Uyghur population. So even the United States is on board on this. But again, do we see a single Muslim country? No, you actually get the opposite. So the following week, 37 countries lauded and praised the remarkable achievements in the field of human rights, particularly its contribution to protecting and pre uh, promoting human rights through development of China. 37 countries are standing up for China's human rights policies despite the fact that they have millions of people, of dissidents that they disagree with religiously in internment camps. And who are these countries, these 37 countries who are applauding China's human rights? Now, in this list, I want to emphasize some of these countries. So the countries that are saying that they are applauding China's human rights efforts, despite the fact of them oppressing and eradicating the Muslim population, is Egypt. Wow, Egypt, really? You think China's doing great in human rights? Oh, another one, Kuwait, Oman, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Somalia. All these Muslim countries, United Arab Emirates, 
are applauding China on their human rights effort and turning a blind eye towards the injustice that they're doing towards the Muslim population, towards their millions of constituents. MBS, Mohammed bin Salman, went so far as to say that it is China's right to be able to t send these people into internment camps, to turn them away from their religion. Now, this is one of the richest individuals, if not the richest person in the world. And he's not willing to stand up for justice. And he's claiming to be a Muslim. He's claiming to be on the side of the Quran. What a sick, disgusting person. What a sick, disgusting countries these Muslim countries are. They have zero backbone. And God gives us the example of who these countries are. These countries are Karun. Karun, the slave driver from the time of Moses among the children of Israel. The one who sold out his own people who sold out his own people for money, for wealth. This is what these Muslim countries are doing. So when Pakistan is saying they're up in arms about the Quran burning, you know that they're a bunch of hypocrites. But we know what the destiny is for Karun, and it's going to be no different for these people. These leaders of these Muslim countries who turned their back against the Quran, who turned their back on people who are imploring them, who are saying, please help us out of this oppressive regime. It reads in Surah 28, verse 76 through 79, it says, Karun, the slave driver, was one of Moses' people who betrayed them and oppressed them. We gave him so many treasures that the keys thereof were almost too heavy for the strongest band. His people said to him, do not be so arrogant. God does not love those who are arrogant. Use the provisions bestowed upon you by God to seek the abode of the hereafter without neglecting your share in this world. Be charitable as God has been charitable towards you. Do not keep on corrupting the earth. God does not love the corruptors. He, Karun, said, I attain all this because of my own cleverness. Did he not realize that God had annihilated before him generations that were much stronger than he and greater in number? The annihilated transgressors were not asked about their crimes. This is exactly what's going to happen to these Islamic countries, these politicians, these people who completely are forsaking this Quran that they claim to uphold. They're selling out their own people. For what? For money? For trade? God is telling them that the generations of the past were more productive than they were, had more wealth than they are. And what happened to them? God wiped them out in an instant. In 2880, it says, As for those who were blessed with knowledge, they said, Woe to you! God's recompense is far better for those who believe and lead a righteous life. None attains this except the steadfast. And in the following verse, we read what happens to Karun, what happens to these people who are in a position of power and wealth and status when they misuse this to spread corruption. It says, we then caused the earth to swallow him and his mansion. No army could have helped him against God. He was not destined to be a winner. Those who were envious of him the day before said, now we realize that God is the one who provides for whomever he chooses from among his servants and withholds. If we're not for God's grace towards us, he could have caused the earth to swallow us too. We now realize that the disbelievers never succeed. These people are destined to fall. God allows them to reach great levels of arrogance before he tears them down. These individuals who believe that they're basting in this glory, all these blessings that God has given to them, is only going to be used against them on the day of judgment. So what is the claim for China? Last week, China said, hey, look, we're, we're closing down these uh, labor camps, these re-education camps, whatever you want to call it. Uh, do we believe them? 
In Surah 49 verse 6 says, O you who believe, if a wicked person brings any news to you, you shall first investigate lest you commit injustice towards some people out of ignorance. Then become sorry and remorseful for what you have done. If people just take China for their word and say, well, look, okay, they said they're going to close it down. We turn away. We're only causing an injustice to these individuals who are being oppressed, who are being killed, whose organs are being sold off for money, whose children are being taken away from them, who are being forced not to be able to practice their religion. Now, what's funny is they call these, they say, oh, these are uh, vocational learning centers. And I'm reading from a tweet from Mark Rubio, and this was actually published last year. He's one of the, the few politicians who is voicing concern about this early on. It says, China trying to convince the world that the Zhejiang, this is the location that the Uyghur population live, internment camps are vocational training centers. But what kind of vocational training center buys 2,768 police batons, 550 electric uh, cattle prods, 1,367 pairs of handcuffs, and 2,792 cans of pepper spray? These are vocational centers. These are training centers. Guess again, they lied to us numerous times. They said that they weren't harvesting organs from uh, political dissidents, and they, caught, they were caught red-handed. They were saying that these are re-education camps to improve people's uh, occupational uh, potential. And they're lying then, and they're lying to us probably now. But God is going to take care of these people as well. You can guarantee that. In Surah 96, verse 6, it reads, Indeed, the human transgresses when he becomes rich. China, 50 years ago, was one of the most impoverished nations on the planet. Now, it's probably the wealthiest nation on the planet, depending on how you do your uh, measurements. And it continues in 968, it says, To your Lord is the ultimate destiny. Have you seen the one who enjoins others from praying? Is it not better for him to follow the guidance or advocate righteousness? If he disbelieves and turns away, does he not realize that God sees him? Indeed, unless he refrains, we will take him by the forelock, a forelock that is disbelieving and sinful. Let him then call on his helpers. We will call the guardians of hell. You shall not obey him. You shall fall prostrate and draw near. Their destiny is written. If they continue down this action, if they continue down this path of oppressing their own people, of killing their own people, of forbidding their people from worshiping God freely, then you can guarantee that justice will be served, either in this world or in the hereafter. In Surah 10, verse 100 through 102, it says, No soul can believe except in accordance with God's will, for He places a curse upon those who refuse to understand. Say, look at all the signs in the heavens and the earth. All the proofs and all the warnings can never help people who decide to disbelieve. Can they expect other than the fate of their counterparts in the past? Say, just wait, and along with you, I am also waiting. In Surah 35, verse 43, it reads, They resorted to arrogance on earth. The evil scheming and evil schemes only backfire on those who schemed them. Should they then expect anything but the fate of those who did the same things in the past? You will find that God's system is never changeable. You will find that God's system is immutable. Have they not roamed the earth and noted the consequences for those who preceded them? They were even stronger than they. Nothing can be hidden from God in the heavens nor on earth. He is omniscient, omnipotent. If God punished the people for their sins, he would not leave a single creature on earth. But he respites them for a predetermined interim. Once their interim is fulfilled, then God is seer of his servants. These people think they can evade justice. They cannot evade God. These countries, these quote-unquote Muslim countries who are banning with China against the Muslim population, this weak, oppressed population, they will be held accountable. Just like Pharaoh 
was swallowed and drowned by the wave. Karun was swallowed by the earth. There is no getting away from God's justice. This is a reality. These people do not believe in God. They do not believe in a hereafter. And they do not believe they will be held accountable. And they will be the most shocked out of all the people on the day of judgment.